Welcome to a emergency podcast edition of Gimme Shelter, the California Housing Crisis Podcast. I am Matt Levin, data reporter with Cal Matters. I'm Liam Dillon, state politics reporter with the Los Angeles Times. Um, and today we have no guests, no avocado of the week, no number to sound smart about housing policy. We just saw that there was a lot of anxiety brewing on Twitter over whether there was actually going to be a housing package, which is still uncertain whether there is. And we thought we'd do an emergency podcast about it. To woo, kind of woo, 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 <laughs> woo. That's yeah. an emergency. It's an emergency. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a soundboard yet. So Liam is Liam's just going to do woo, our own woo, effects woo, the whole time. Woo. Real quickly, the backdrop. In January, um, there were 130 housing bills introduced. Uh, we thought this was the year that the legislature was finally going to pass something when it comes to housing that Brown was at, Governor Brown was actually going to sign. Um, then in July, it looked like a housing package might get folded into the cap-and-trade deal. That did not happen. Uh, at the end of that, the governor and legislative leaders said, okay, we're going to make housing our top priority for August, uh, the last month when the legislature resumed session. Um, we thought there might be a, a deal 10 days ago. The legislature now has three days left, three days left in their session. There is still no housing package. So, Liam, why do we not have a deal? You know, it, it all goes back to one bill. Uh, and we've talked about this uh, on the podcast previously. And this is one Senate bill. One goddamn bill. One. I thought we were a family-friendly podcast, you know. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're bringing that out early, I guess. Okay. So okay. one bill, uh, uh, Senate Bill 2, which is uh, from a Senator Tony Atkins of San Diego. And what this does is it would charge a $75 fee on real estate transactions like uh, mortgage refinancing, uh, sort of everything but uh, home sales. And uh, this has run into trouble um, in the assembly where Democrats cannot cobble together uh, enough votes to get this across the finish line. And that's because um, you need a two-thirds supermajority in order for it, for it to pass. And Democrats have that exact number um, in the assembly and also in the Senate. And there are some Democrats in the assembly who just aren't that enthused about it. And so this this is the only bill where there really does seem to be uh, dissension around that that Democrats are unable to get the votes. Yeah, I mean, there are other bills that are, as we've discussed, sort of major parts of this uh, housing deal. Senate Bill 3, which is a, a bond measure, $4 billion, that would go on the 2018 statewide ballot to fund uh, low-income housing developments and also some home loans for veterans. Uh, Senate Bill 35, uh, which is a measure that would streamline uh, or ease some local regulations uh, in cities that have fallen behind on their state-mandated uh, housing goals, and then sort of a panoply uh, of other nice. bills. Uh, nice. that, yeah, panoply, I'm going to say it again, that are around, um, and because we, we don't really have an official list still, even though there's only three days left, of what's yeah. part of this housing package. But you know, the three major bills that I mentioned, and also all these other bills that are kind of floating around out there that would do various things that kind of uh, you know, work around you know, more of the margins uh, of what what we want to do or what, what legislators want to do to address some of the housing problems that we have in the state. Um, so we're going to walk you through some of the political calculus behind certain legislators that um, are on the fence when it comes to SB2. Um, and so, Liam, why don't you kick us off with a pair of legislators that um, have actually lost a recent election? 
Yeah. So just to back up a little bit first, um, in this case, uh, if you forgive this, uh, it looks like the third time may not be the charm. Uh, so, oh, so, so, yeah, like grown, right? Uh, but, you know, we it's interesting because this is sort of the third kind of big vote on a tax or a fee that the lawmakers have had to decide to, whether they're going to do this year. The first one was back in the spring where uh, legislators passed a gas tax increase um, to fund transportation improvements. And that also that took a two thirds vote. Then back in July, as you mentioned, uh, we, you know, legislators passed a extension to the cap and trade program, which is a primary way that uh, the state uses to finance its uh, greenhouse gas reduction um, targets or meeting those goals. And so this is now the third one. Senate Bill 2, again, takes a two-thirds vote. And a lot of these lawmakers who had to go up um, on the, the gas tax or the cap and trade increase are looking pretty wary, uh, warily at trying to have to do that or maybe having to do that a third time. And so Two of those lawmakers who are sort of considered on the fence and undecided about Senate Bill 2 is, uh, is uh, Assemblyman um, Al Maritsucci from Torrance and Assemblywoman Sharon Quirk Silva from uh, Orange County. Yeah. And both of these folks are interesting. Oh, you know, when I, when I talked to um, a few weeks back, uh, Assemblyman Maritsucci, he told me, you know, he was concerned about Senate Bill 2 because it, quote, smelled like a tax. Um, and I don't know what a tax smells like, but presumably to him it smells bad. Uh, and so he not not all not all that excited about voting for this. Um, uh, Assemblywoman, Quirk, Assemblywoman Quirk Silva, um, when I tried to talk to her this week, she declined an interview request. Um, but it's interesting that she is on the fence, given that four years ago she was the co-author of a bill um, that would have done substantially the same thing as Senate Bill 2. So in sort of uh, uh, legislative parlance, um, being a co-author is, is something more than just simply voting on a measure. It's really putting your name and putting your stamp on it as saying, I really want to believe in and push this policy. And so moving from co-author status to now being undecided is, is, uh, is pretty interesting. And, and so what, both, yeah. what do you think has changed for her? So both of these folks, um, Maritsuchi and Quirk Silva, won election to the assembly in 2012. Then they lost uh, their re-election bid in 2014. Then they won again uh, in 2016, and now they're back. And so, you know, over the over the time period when Quirk Silva was a co-author to now, where she's undecided, she lost an election, um, and that's certainly a reason why uh, you might think uh, someone might have cold feet. And so I think that's what you're seeing with both of these. Is there's both of these folks, they've been stung in the past um, by losing and don't want to have, you know, potentially a third tax or fee vote on their resume before they head into re-election again next year. I just realized we should probably be clear in the top two area. They lost to Republicans. They're in That's swing correct. districts. So it's not like they got, you know, they lost to somewhere on, on the left. So being branded as somebody who has raised taxes in one way or another three times in a single legislative session could conceivably hurt the re-election chances, especially in a non-presidential election year, right? Exactly. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, Jackie Irwin and Rudy Salas. Yeah, so these folks are both interesting. Uh, Jackie Irwin is an assemblywoman from uh, the Thousand Oaks area, and Rudy Salas, uh, an assemblyman from Bakersfield. And both of these uh, folks, even though they're still sort of on the kind of undecided or targeted list, uh, got stuff as part of this deal, you know? Um Earlier in the year, Assemblywoman Irwin had introduced a measure that would have uh, uh, been a bond on the 2018 ballot to 
give veterans uh, home loans. And that was incorporated. Uh, her measure was essentially dead. It wasn't moving. Uh, but that what she wanted to do was incorporated in Senate Bill 3, the, the 2018 bond. Uh, that's sort of part of this larger package. And so she got a pretty nice give. You know, she got a policy that she really wanted and authored uh, was been incorporated into this sort of housing package. And then Selimin Salas, um, over the weekend, one of these, a couple, there were a few late changes to some of these, some of this uh, housing package or housing deal. And over the weekend, he got a measure uh, that his name is on um, that would allow for a hardship provision for anyone who uh, is uh, low income and unable to, a low income homeowner uh, and unable to pay this $75 fee, um, if they were able to show that, then they would be exempted from it. So there'd be a provision in, in, in Salas's bill uh, that would uh, exempt uh, low-income homeowners from having to pay that fee. And so that's a give for him, and, and, and that's all part of the package and part of the deal. And, and presumably that's enough, um, or could be enough, uh, for him to get across the finish line. Although when I spoke with, tried to speak with him earlier this week, uh, he said he wasn't ready to, to, to give a comment yet on, on housing legislation. So uh, it's interesting, you know, these folks got stuff and they're still kind of considered targets and on and on the fence about the deal. Uh, and we should note also that um, Rudy Salas was the only Assembly Democrat to vote against the gas tax and was punished because of that. Yeah, he lost some committee assignments. and That's sort of the typical way that legislative leaders use to uh, show uh, lawmakers that they've uh, been bad. And, and yet still exercising some power, right? He knows that he's got to be, you know, well, he, they need him, right? So he got it. He got kind of a little bit of what he wanted with his SB2 bill. Yeah. I mean, assuming yeah. assuming every Democrat has to vote yes, uh, there's no Democrat to spare. Um, okay. And that, that's the way it is on, uh, on, on both sides of the both chambers. But maybe perfect segue, Liam. Ah, you're so naturally good at this. Uh, but maybe not every Democrat has to vote yes. Uh, tell me about a Republican from San Diego um, that was mentioned in a Howard Jarvis email. Yeah, so I think you discovered this earlier today, Matt. Um, Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so Howard Jarvis put out a, a note of uh, of um, sort of legislators to target on Senate Bill 2. And Howard Jarvis, of course, is the... Uh, sort of famed anti-tax group uh, in California, and they included on their list um, uh, Senator Brian Mainshine, a Republican from Northern San Diego, and and he's an interesting character for in this debate for a few reasons. Uh, he served on the San Diego City Council years back uh, with Senator Senator Atkins, who's the author of Senate Bill Two, and so they have a sort of close and longtime working relationship. And also, once his city council tenure was done, prior to his time in the Assembly, uh, Mainshine. Right was the head of the United Way in San Diego uh, and worked pretty extensively on homelessness issues and was very sort of very proud, of, proud about that and has touted that time and again. And so he could be sort of a pickup uh, if, in fact, there are some Democratic uh, defections in the assembly. He could be someone that, 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 that Atkins and other lawmakers might be trying to target from the GOP side. Um, if, if you follow congressional politics, he would be the, the Susan Collins of this. Of, of this particular legislation. Am I wrong in no, that's trying good. to make an analogy? That's, that's a good analogy. All right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think, though, you know, in my view, and, and watch as I'm going to be proven wrong tomorrow um, uh, or on Wednesday when they make this vote or sometime later this week, um, I, would, I, I find it hard to believe that Republicans are, are going to go up uh, and, and vote in favor of Senate Bill 2. Certainly, I think it's possible and probable uh, on, on the bond measure. We've already had uh, Republicans in the Senate saying yes to Senate Bill 3, uh, uh, the housing bond. But on, on Senate Bill 2, you know, I mean, they just went through, the Republican 
party in the assembly uh, in, uh, in particular went through this huge, huge war, internal war after uh, assembly leader um, Chad Mays, but, you know, you know, pulled along some of his caucus to vote for cap and trade. And it, it and all that fighting um, resulted in Mays losing his job. And so for a Republican now to vote yes on a on a tax measure and potentially shield a vulnerable Democrat um, from having to, you know, from doing so right when they're going to go on the ballot again, um, I just think seems pretty far fetched. It's a pretty far fetched idea in my mind to think that someone's going to their Republican member, particularly in the assembly, is going to do that. Liam Dillon guaranteeing no Republicans. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, like uh, Joe Namath before whatever Super Bowl that was. God, that's Sweet. a dated reference. Oh, it, well done. Well done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Eat the Colts. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm impressed that you knew that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let Let's get to the question that's at the heart of this. Uh, that I think people are afraid to actually talk about, which is. If SB2 does not pass, if this bill, the only bill that has a permanent source of affordable, of affordable, of, of affordable housing finance um, in the entire uh, housing package, if, if Democrats can't get the votes for it, uh, what happens to the rest of the housing package? Yeah, I think you're right to say that, that people are afraid of that uh, because a lot of the advocates that, that I, I talk to and a lot of the um, – uh, you know, lawmakers um, don't even want to bring up that 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 possibility. I think that's why you know we've not seen any other any other votes uh, on all these housing bills uh, come to the come to the floor to be voted on yet. Is because yeah. they're holding out to to have SB two to be part of part of the deal. And I think you know there's a broader narrative in, 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 uh, sort of at play here. I mean, really, since last summer, um, the deal has been. Uh, you know, legislators have wanted more money for low-income housing, and the go- Governor Brown has wanted um, sort of streamlined local regulations to sort of ease home building and make home building uh, happen more. And so the deal has always been conceptually: yes, the governor will agree to will agree to supporting more money if lawmakers agree to supporting streamlined regulations. And you take one very very important piece of that of that money equation out, then who knows whether the equation still stands? You know. Um, and so, you know, I think I think people are right to be to be concerned about um, if SB two fails, whether the rest of the housing package is going to move forward. That said, you know, um, it's going to be look really bad if, you know, given um, that this sort of issue is is top of mind and front of mind for so many, million, literally millions of Californians, and. Um, they've, you know, governor and legislative leaders have promised to make this their top priority um, for the last month of the year. If they can't pull anything together at all, um, that's not going to look good, um, nor is it going to end up helping anyone who may need it. Right. Um, and so uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, and there would be a lot of lawmakers super disappointed that the housing bills they've been working on, um, you know, the whole year uh, just all collapse in, in flames of, uh, of not getting, you know, um, Al Maritsucci or Shannon Quirk Silva to vote yes on on one bill, um, and so I, I, I you know I think I think people are broaching that subject you know very carefully. Um, but as we get closer and closer to Friday, uh, and and if there's no movement on SB two, they're going to have to make a call um, to decide what they're going to do. I you know I so I'll throw this out there. I, I think we are going to see something tomorrow. 
in, including SB2. Um, I, tomorrow being Wednesday. We gotta, tomorrow we, being Wednesday. That's yes, right. Sorry. Yes. We should say we're recording this Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll get into why we, we think it'll be Wednesday specifically um, in, in a little bit. But I, I was curious, um, do you think there's any advantage, actually, of having it in an election year? Having, or, Senate, having Senate Bill 2? Of, of trying to do a package in election year. No, because because any package is going, right. to, is going to include more money, and no one wants to vote for more money um, in an election year. That's right. And, and I think that's why we've seen, you know, when the the order of things, uh, maybe this is a good segue too, but the order of things that that lawmakers decided to do this year um, was, you know, the gas tax first, because the gas tax is the most unpopular. Uh, I mean, everyone knows what a gas tax is, mm-hmm. and no one likes it. And you compare that to hey, you're going to pay a fee to record a document when you go to the assessor's office, but it's not going to be when you sell your house. So, you know, I mean, it's just that and that's the money more... specifically goes to affordable housing, and, right? As, yeah, as opposed right. to a nebulous kind of roads and infrastructure. Exactly, exactly. And so, like, you know, um, uh, but, you know, you once, once you enter an election year, the, 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 no one's going to want to say yes to, to any money of any kind for, for I, that reason. Uh, and I just want to be clear, that was a stupid question I asked. I meant to frame it as, what would be the disadvantage of having this spillover into 2018? And so um, I, th- I think we answered that in reverse then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well yes. done, Liam. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about where the governor's office stands on all of this. Yeah, so it's not just the governor's office. I think it's, it's legislative leadership, too. You know, Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon and, and Senate President Pro Tem Kevin DeLeon, and we talked about sort of uh, gas tax going first, and, and and that's because their top priority this year was transportation and getting that gas tax done to finance road and, and other infrastructure repairs. Uh, and then the second priority, uh, the biggest priority of the governor, uh, clearly, has been the environment, environmental issues. And so there was another big vote that had to be done uh, because the governor was pushing it on cap and trade. And so, you know, that means that uh, when you have things that are one and two, other, every other issue falls to three, four, five, six are not a priority at all. And, and so that's what happened with housing. And you can make an argument for that housing should have been first or should have been second. Um, or you can make an argument that it should be, fifth, you know, fifth, sixth or seventh. Um, but the fact that it's third, I think, is added to the reticence of um, these sort of uh, wary Democrats uh, for saying yes to SB2. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's turn now to the timing of all of this. So why why would we expect that if we are going to see a vote on the package that it would be tomorrow? That the clock is ticking. The clock yes. is ticking. So I think it makes the most sense to have it uh, have it on 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 Wednesday because that gives. I mean, you know, again, we we don't know how many bills there actually are as part of this housing package, but. There could be a half dozen. There could be a dozen. There could be twenty by the time that everyone wants to raise their hand and say, "Hey, I had a housing bill that was part of the housing package." And so, um, you know, that means a lot of uh, debate in both houses of the legislature, where all of these bills have to pass. And we could be talking like three or four hours of of them talking uh, before all this stuff passes. Yeah. And be, be sure to DVR Cal channel. Right. <laughs> right. So be very compelling. So. Um, you know, and if you don't do it on Wednesday, then you're running up against some really big thorny issues that are still out there uh, for lawmakers to tackle before the end of the year. Probably the pr- premier single bill is Senate Bill 54 from um, uh, Senator DeLeon, uh, which 
may, is a so-called sanctuary state bill, um, and that's still uh, you know going to be a long and hard uh, you know debate about immigration. And then uh, there's a bunch of really high-profile and thorny energy issues that are still out there. Uh, whether we're going to you know uh, make commit California to a goal of having 100% clean energy in the next 15 or 20 years, um, whether we're going to take a really dramatic step to regionalize our energy grid, which means you know our grid will be combined with the, some surrounding states. Uh, you know whether we're going to spend a billion dollars and how we're going to divvy that up more than a billion dollars in this cap and trade money that we have, and they're all hanging out there. And so, yeah. based on based on the rules that the legislature has, where sort of the bills have to be in print for three days before you can vote on them, uh, these issues, immigration and energy, can't be taken up until Thursday or Friday. And so, the really the clean day that's left is on Wednesday. And if you don't want to sort of jam any everyone up. Um, with uh, you know, with with really controversial and thorny bills, then then with with the rest, all the rest that's going on, it really makes sense that that Wednesday's a day that that, that that this may happen. And also speaking of timing, I, I think it's important to note that if we are going to see any more significant changes to the legislation, that they which not that Liam doesn't expect that to to happen, nor nor do I. Um, but if, if we were going to see significant amendments, it would have to happen literally in the next three and a half hours as we're four and a half hours as we're taping this at 730 on uh, Tuesday night. Um, yeah. And I don't expect to see anything, uh, but you're yeah. right. If, if, and it's not just major amendments, amendments is any, any. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. nothing can change. And again, I don't expect anything to change, uh, but nothing can change as far as the bills themselves uh, after midnight tonight. Um, okay. I think we covered what we needed to cover in as concise a a manner as possible. What what do you think, Liam? It sounds good to me. All right, we're both tired. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed this emergency edition of Gimme Shelter, the California um, Housing Crisis Podcast. Uh, we are now available on iTunes, Stitcher soundcloud all your favorite podcast platforms except google play we will try to fix that as soon as possible you can find me on twitter at m levin reports and i'm there at at dylan liam and i will have all your updates on this issue um there that's the best place to check all right thanks so much for listening guys <laughs>